Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have what I think is likely to be our fastest follow-up to a litigation news story ever. What you see on your screen right now is the thumbnail from yesterday's video. Ubisoft lays siege to Google and Apple. And today, as you can tell from clicking on the thumbnail, we have big news in that regard. But before we get there, I do want to highlight a couple of nice comments, a couple of things that we got in terms of extra context from yesterday's video. If you remember, the premise for all of this was a Bloomberg article that was titled Ubisoft Sues Apple Google over Alibaba's Rainbow Six ripoff. And if you go through this entire article, which we covered yesterday, you won't see any reference to anyone getting sued besides Apple and Google. And in fact, one of the premises on which a number of articles were written, a number of my comments were given to some of these outlets, was that for some reason, EJOY, the actual developers of this game, weren't sued by Ubisoft. And I also pointed out when I was doing my video yesterday that Bloomberg, which I really hate as a journalistic practice, never wound up putting a link to the actual court complaint in their article. That's always useful to folks like me who can look at the source material, who can evaluate the claims that are being made. And so we had to take a few things on faith. But I received a comment earlier this morning that said that that wasn't the case. Thomas Anderson, a commenter on my video, said, I had to double check Leonard French's video, but Ubisoft is suing ejoy.com as well. The defendants as actually listed in the complaint are ejoy.com limited doing business as KUKA Games, Google LLC, Apple Inc., and 10 anonymous people, Doze 1 through 10. And I looked at this, and I also looked at Lawful Masses, which if you haven't checked out and you're in virtual legality, you absolutely should. Leonard French is another YouTube lawyer who constantly talks about these things. Isn't as laser-focused on media and video games and movies as we are. Covers a lot more of the litigation aspects of a lot of more unusual cases. I have conversed with him. We've direct messaged and talked. I highly recommend checking out his stuff. One of the things that he clearly has access to that I don't because I don't need it in my line of work as a corporate transactions attorney is the ability to go find these filings. Maybe that's Pacer access. Maybe that's something else. But he actually found the filings here and he was able to identify that Ejoy was a party to this actual conversation. You can see the video that he did was 54 minutes. He actually goes through the complaint line by line. If you are interested in this story, I highly recommend checking it out. And I highly recommend giving Lawful Masses with Leonard French a subscription and a follow and ringing bells and all that good stuff uh, because he does a lot of good work and he does a lot of good commentary, even though, like any good pair of lawyers, we disagree from time to time on any given analysis. That just happens. That's a reason why I can be friends with Leonard French, I can be friends with Legal Eagle, and I can still do videos that say I disagree with point X or point Y. That's just how lawyers are. But I highly recommend giving it a look-see. That all being said, it's a bit moot at this point. I also got a message from S1 at Somebody Foil earlier this morning that said, I guess it's over. That was fast at Hogue Law. In case anybody missed Hogue's take on it from a neutral lawyer perspective, thank you for linking to the video. And then he also includes a retweet from Daniel Ahmad at ZHugeEX. Well, I guess that's how this all ends then. That being said, Area F2 was fairly impressive overall and continues to show there is a growing opportunity for core game experiences to work on mobile, just like Fortnite slash COD Mobile, etc. And 
We're not going to click on this directly. This appears to be maybe to a Facebook post, but they actually put up in their blog on their website what this all says, and we're going to look at that in just a second. But before we do, not to toot my own horn, but to just describe how we get to the kind of thought process that can accurately depict what's happening with these giant companies, I go back to the Game Daily Biz article that I gave quotes to earlier this week. And this paragraph in particular, when I was asked to evaluate the chances of either side emerging victorious from this court action, I said the following. Well, look, any evaluation of the underlying infringement will be based on a dissection of the two games and could go either way depending on the standards the court in question elects to use. That's what we call a highly variable outcome set. And that's not what any corporation really wants. So I continued by saying best bet is that they settle, not with a formal legal settlement necessarily, but in a way that tries to get everybody out from under the legal sword of Damocles because there won't be any more damages and no harm, no foul, and it doesn't make any sense to pay the lawyers, et cetera, et cetera. And I described it as follows. I said, potentially the stores, Google and Apple being included and being included as potentially contributing to infringement in a way that would be very bad for their entire business model quote unquote, encourage Ejoy, who remember I didn't think was a party to this lawsuit at the time I was giving these quotes, to change Area F2 just enough to not look exactly like Siege. Move a couple of UI elements around. Maybe not design the next six characters to be exactly like six characters that are already in Rainbow Six, et cetera, et cetera. Make these small moves because as we talked about yesterday, as we've talked about in virtual legality in the past, you can't copyright the concept of armed law enforcement versus armed terrorists in an urban setting. You can't copyright the concept of reinforcing walls and setting down wire and all this stuff, but you can copyright your expression of that concept. Just move some things around. Make it so it doesn't look exactly like Siege. And then Ejoy can call it a marketing coup. They can say, hey, we're going to go forward. This was exactly the impetus we needed to make it bigger and better and come out from the shadow of all of this. And each side goes about its business. Google and Apple look like they're helping you. Ubisoft, which is an important partner for their business, for selling video games. They can look like they're helping eJoy and Alibaba at the end of the day. Say, hey, make sure you get out from under copyright infringement. We'll, we'll sell your product. Everybody can have this work for them. And lo and behold, not even a couple of days after that video, we see that Area 52 is actually closing. Area F2. Area 52 is an interesting one. That's probably about aliens. I would imagine Bruce Campbell's in it. Service closure announcement. Dear agents, thank you for your support of Area F2. We are carrying out improvements to Area F2 in order to deliver a better experience to players. Thus, we will terminate the service of the current version at 12 p.m. today. We want to make it better for you, so we're cutting off all access today, right? A little bit incongruous of a statement, but you can see how they are trying to frame it. We're terminating right now because we need to carry out improvements. This is just like Fortnite. You remember when Fortnite launched a comment at everything? That's just like us. That's what we're doing. It's, of course, very soon after coming out of beta, and you might have spent money on it very recently, and you had no reason to know that this was happening at all, but it's just like that. That's what we're doing. We are thrilled at the number of downloads that Area F2 has received since its launch, making it into the top three of App Store free-to-play game rankings in some regions. Many players have joined our community and provided valued feedback. 
In addition, many streamers, reviewers, and players have created streams and videos of the game with more than 300 game videos uploaded to date. As we pointed out yesterday, many, many, many of those videos have in parentheses Rainbow Six Siege knockoff or something along those lines. So yeah, you try to reframe exactly what's going on in the marketplace. Look at all these people that were interested in this game. Of course, this story is also one of the reasons people were interested in this game. I had never heard of this before this story broke, and so you've got that kind of mixed in as well. But positive spin, positive spin. We are pleased about this, but we are also aware of our responsibility. Responsibility to what, you say? To provide the best user experience to our players. Ah, of course. The mission of Area F2 is to allow players to experience the fun of close quarters battle, aka CQB, on mobile devices. While we have had a lot of positive feedback, we also found that a lot of players gave up quickly before they were able to experience the core CQB gameplay. The steep learning curve resulted in many players abandoning the game in less than 30 minutes. And the reasons given include not knowing what to do, not knowing where the targets or where their teammates are, and dying without seeing the enemy or even knowing what killed them. As game developers, we are not willing to accept an experience that we cannot deliver smoothly to as many players as we can. Again, the framing here, right? Corporate messaging. Don't look at the lawsuit that happened a few days ago. That doesn't matter. What we've got here is an intake problem. We don't properly tutorialize the experience. People are bouncing off the product in a way that we don't like. And so we are not willing to accept that. It is our responsibility to solve this issue. And extensive discussion has shown that this is an issue that requires large-scale, in-depth adjustments, perhaps even a complete overhaul of the design to achieve the mission of bringing CQB to as many players as we can on mobile devices. You don't see that referenced a lot without a copyright infringement lawsuit in the background. Hey, perhaps we need to take this thing down to its foundations and rebuild it. Yeah, yeah. We have therefore made the difficult decision of terminating the operation of Area F2 in its current form to focus on making further improvements. Now note, the, the value proposition of this statement is not to say we're going away forever. I read this to mean that they would really very much like to come back, which makes a lot of sense. There's clearly been resources poured into, yes, cloning Rainbow Six Siege, but not necessarily in a way that is copyright infringing. You can take those assets. You can take that work. You can take what appears to be a user base that is interested in this product, and you can make it so it doesn't have these infringement concerns. Now, Ubisoft is going to be watching you like a hawk when you re-release this as Area F3 or whatever it might be called, but you can do it. As we've talked about, if you aren't aping exact UI elements, exact kind of framework for the gameplay and all this kind of thing, for the most part, the law wants to allow you to clone video games. Most of the decisions in this space allow clones. That has changed a bit over the past decade, but not so much that you can say, hey, just toss out all those assets and do something else. Probably you can make them work. And I don't even disagree with the framing. Obviously, I don't disagree with the framing because I predicted that this would be the framing. Call it a marketing coup. Say, hey, you know, we looked at this and it's just not the experience it could be. And because of that, hey, we might even have to do a complete overhaul of the design. Right, sure. Okay, Area F2. We understand how this works. There's a reason my thumbnail shows the sledgehammer as Apple and Google right now. It is undoubtedly the case that Ubisoft was trying to leverage every business connection that it would have through lawsuit, yes, but still leveraging it against eJoy and Alibaba on this point. 
Google and YouTube undoubtedly go and say, hey, you know, could you not be nearly as infringing? Because this is really annoying to us. And we could potentially take your, your product down. We could potentially take future products down. You need to help us out because we don't want to get dragged into your issue with Ubisoft. And at some point, Alibaba and EJoy and everyone else says, yeah, it makes sense to not completely isolate and offend the main stores through which we have to sell these products. And so that was essentially the point of this structure. Yeah, include eJoy, which we didn't know yesterday, but also include Google and Apple because they can act as your proxies. They can act on your behalf because they don't want to be involved in this at all. They don't check what is being made and put on their store. In their terms of service, they make you say that it's not copyright infringing, and that's generally good enough. But when they get dragged into a lawsuit by a company as big as Ubisoft that has the money to actually back up their threats, that becomes a situation where the Google and the Apples of the world say, hey, Alibaba, can you maybe help us out a little bit? And I think that's what happened here. And Area F2, Ejoy, Alibaba look at this and say, okay, how can we spin this? How can we frame it? Hey, it has nothing to do with that lawsuit. We're just not happy with the experience as it stands today. We're going to redesign it and we're going to be back. I really do think they will be back because I do think this is a proof of concept that this kind of game can work in this space, but it needs to be cleaned up a little bit because it flew too close to the sun. And while in my video you saw... I'm not as certain that they would lose on the extrinsic test that they would have to lose on in the Ninth Circuit. It is a close enough question that it was probably making everybody sweat. The second part of this is, of course, what happens to the money that you paid them? And for the most part, they don't know. About refund. After the termination of service, all the players who have paid, including in the beta phase, can apply for refunds on their platforms. All eligible refund applications will be accepted according to the platform return policy. Now, again, because Google and Apple probably wanted to encourage this, they will probably not present any roadblocks to refunds and things along those lines. But note that this is money coming out of their pocket as well, right? When you spend a dollar on the App Store, 70 cents goes to Alibaba and Enjoy, 30 cents goes to Apple and if you get a complete refund of those transactions, that 30 cents has to be clawed back from Apple as well. So there might be an underlying letter of agreement about these funds changing hands. There could be all sorts of things happening behind the scenes. But suffice it to say, this actually doesn't say you are guaranteed to get a refund. This says, uh, we'll see, kind of up to Google, kind of up to Apple, also up to us, but we're only one party to all of this. So we think you'll get a refund, but good luck. And so everybody that put money into this has a right to be a little bit concerned about how all this went and maybe be concerned about the next time they put money into something that is an obvious clone, which again, isn't to Google and Apple's benefit. And they would prefer that you spend money on their products without thinking about potential copyright infringement coming from various multinational corporations. Which all leads us to the finale here. This was one of the quickest stories to ever appear in virtual legality because whenever you have a court case, a court filing, it usually takes months, if not years, to kind of reconcile and to figure out. We've covered other stories in this space where we've done multiple parts, but they generally haven't involved the legal system directly. So this is an unusual story. Remember this one. This is the kind of thing that we might see happening more and more as publishers start to fight clones on a more directed basis. 
One of the issues that Google and Apple has here is the notion that if they get dragged into the lawsuit, they will help try to make it go away very quickly, which if you're familiar with economics and just psychology would tend to suggest that they will get dragged into more lawsuits on these topics. But that's been Virtual Legality for today. I wanted to keep it short and sweet. We are obviously talking about these kinds of topics like Ubisoft lawsuits all the time. So please do like, share, subscribe, leave comments, do all those good things. We're pretty close to 9,000 subscribers right now, which is absolutely amazing. Would love to get there before the end of the month. I very much appreciate everyone who comes and checks out the space. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. 